Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We are, uh, we've got a great show lined up for you, and it's, it's timely for what's happening right now in this day and age in your business. And uh, Dean and I are super pumped to, uh, to share some of the golden wisdom that he's developed. I'm, I'm just here to learn from Dean today. Actually, we all know that that's not true. He's actually, uh, I'm trying to, you know, buy myself a couple seconds uh, while he's uh, tying up his horse. Oh, there, there we go. I could see him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. The bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one and only Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> oh, there we go. Right. There we go. <laughs> okay. You're here. I'm here. The horse was just pulling me back there. How are you doing, James? Good, <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. How are you? <laughs> oh, it's always a good day when I spend it with you. You know that. I've told you this before. You know, I uh, some, sometimes I don't believe you, but now that we're doing the video and I can see the look on your face and the excitement, <laughs> you know, uh, with the trumpet fanfare that brings you into the show, I, I, I think I might believe you, actually. <laughs> it's all true. I've never once lied to you. Right. That I don't believe, but, um, <laughs> but we could keep going. So, um, so, uh, somebody before the show was saying, you know, asking me if I'm cold cause I'm wearing a jacket right? and I got a hat and the whole thing. And this will tie into what we're talking about today, but I went for a long bike ride this morning. And when I first got on my bike, I was like, it's cold out. <laughs> like <laughs> it's almost October, which is incredibly hard to believe. Oh. And, um, I refuse and I was, to believe it cause I'm yet to have a summer. So I'm kind of waiting out for that one. <laughs> well, you probably haven't had a summer in a number of years being British. <laughs> I think I remember a good one in the early two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 2002. That's the last time we had a summer. <laughs> um, but speaking of time of year and the fact that, uh, it's, it's nearly October means we're headed into the fourth quarter and, yeah. And I, I don't know about you. The fourth quarter is, I just freaking love the fourth quarter. Yeah. And maybe you don't. And you don't have to love it just because I love it. But for me, it's like an awesome sprint to the end of the year. And you've got, you know, Thanksgiving and you've got Christmas and you got like all this cool stuff. And so it's even shorter in terms of the amount of work week, uh, you yes. know, time you have to get things done. And I, I don't know personally, I just like that pressure. And I like to finish things like <laughs> kind of sick, twisted individual. Are you? Yeah, I get less time to work. I've yeah. got all this pressure mounting everything on my shoulders. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm the same person who went for a 20 mile bike ride right before this show. Right. This is, right? This is the part. This is now we can see sometimes why we get along because we're both just crazy. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> uh, so you and I were talking about, you know, some of our plans for uh, fourth quarter and in our, you know, you, you have several businesses that, that you're working on. I have several businesses that, that I'm, uh, you know, partner in or own or whatever. And, and this is the time to really buckle down 
and figure out how am I going to make the most of this last sprint of uh, what for many people has otherwise been a pretty ugly year. Right. Oh, yeah. God, that's it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not been the normal year. Um, but like you say, I think we are we are literally going into that time now. We've obviously got promotions such as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, then obviously starting to lead into everything else that, that the year ends with. Um, so I think it's going to be a great conversation. We've got a lot of, like you say, I think the great thing that we can bring into this conversation is we're both involved in multiple different types of businesses. Yeah. Um, and I know I've certainly learned a lot over the years in this time of year, especially on, I would say one of my shocking things, and I know we, we'll, we'll unpack this more as we go, but in my sort of education, coaching, training business, uh, kind of the opposite of my mentality in the more physical e-commerce space, I used to actually take my foot off the gas in like the, the last sort of six to eight weeks of the year, I used to think, well, look, you know, people are buying how-to information about starting and growing businesses is not going to be the thing that people are thinking about in December. And one year I decided to try something different, and that was to put my foot down and uh, really, really go. And ever since that moment onwards, December has always been our biggest month of the year. Right. And so yeah. we let's let's just unpack this fourth quarter and figure out you know, how, how people can make the most of it, I suppose. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think for a lot of people, they, they can almost get a, um, they almost can become resigned to like, oh, well, the year's almost over anyway. Right. Like what else, you know, what else can I possibly do? Yeah. You know, people are going to go into holiday mode and all this other stuff. And, and I think there, there is an element to that, but there's also an element of, there's a lot of people who had big ideas for what they want out of the year. Hmm. This year has had obviously, you know, crazy extenuating circumstances that nobody saw coming, but what, even what, what are you talking about? I, I didn't, well, didn't our, our video podcast, like nobody saw that we we're going to do nobody a video podcast. Nobody you started know? this year and said, you know, one of my big goals this year, hope those guys get on camera. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't tell you, you know, my mailbox has been clogged with letters. <laughs> mostly just mail. most of it was from me <laughs> yeah yeah die and i was like all right thanks a lot man um but i think i think a lot of people have gotten to this point in the year whether it's this year or it's any other year and they're like man i had such good intentions mm. for the year so many things that i wanted to accomplish so many and if you have the opportunity to uh you know to sell into that right now you know, helping people actually make some progress mm. that they wanted to make. So you're to your point about info products and helping people grow their business and all that other stuff. Like that's one aspect. And not everybody who's listening has a business where they're, you know, helping people like that. But sure. But people are still thinking about this stuff, right? Yeah. It, it's very unlikely that every single one of your customers has done, accomplished, and gotten everything out of this year that they wanted to when they started the year. Right. <laughs> right. Highly yeah. unlikely, especially this year. Yeah. I'm going to say, especially this year, this year and is so, probably going to be a bit more unique in that respect at the end of the year. So I'm excited to see how it unfolds myself, actually. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is a great opportunity to, to refocus, recalibrate and say, okay, what is really important from now until December 31st to accomplish in your business? So we, so we've got a few different sort of things that we want to share with you guys today under that umbrella on how you can crush the fourth quarter and really make the most of this last sprint. And you know what? Honestly, on some level, 
like take back 2020. You know, 2020 has <laughs> yes. kicked everybody's ass a little bit. Yeah. Take it back. Like show 2020 what's up by dominating this fourth quarter. Yeah. As they say, it's not how you begin. It's how you end. I think we can uh, show this year who's boss. I, think we still I don't know. Fine. I don't know why, but like you say that and I'm just like, are you like, is that a dirty joke? Like, what are you, you know, I just can't help it. You just have this. You not going to unpack it anymore. Leave it to imagination. Yeah. There's like old man pervert sort of like way of getting your point across that whatever. <laughs> Anyway, so um, so I so we've got a couple things that we want to share, um, and one of the things that uh, I think has been a theme actually for the last couple of guests that we've talked about or talked with is this idea of being able to pivot and experiment, yeah, right, and having this constant sense of I don't necessarily know the answers to things, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to make things happen and get information back and see what's going on and use that information in a way that helps me make adjustments, mm. pivot and figure out where I'm actually going to dig in. Yeah. Right. And this, this con concept of experimentation. And I, and I think about what you guys have done with your, uh, your, your cosmetics and beauty product company. I feel like you've embodied that concept of experimentation. And I want to unpack that a little bit because I feel like sometimes people are out there and they say, oh, well, you know what? And we've joked about this, right? Like, oh, that didn't work. I guess I'm just going to throw in the towel. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then there's the other joke. Oh, that thing worked really well. Let's stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the couple of, the couple of things that everybody seems to screw up. Um, so so with your uh, with your company, like how how have you guys, you know, sort of embodied this let's experiment to figure out what's working. And then I want to talk about how, how people should be applying that towards what they're doing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of our, one of our biggest lessons that obviously you and I've spoke through before was for a long time, we weren't getting any traction in that business. It just kind of felt like we had something special, but nobody else saw it, you know, and there's this weird like period of time going on where it was like, we were starting to almost question is this us? Like, maybe we've just got this wrong. Yeah. Like, because nobody's responding to what we have. And, uh, like one of our, so the, the big experiment that we did at, at that stage to kind of, well, ultimately rescued the whole thing and, and turned it all around. It was, it was really crunch time. I suppose when we did this, it was like, maybe we just got it all wrong and we should go in a very different direction, different business, different products, whatever. Um, but one of the things that we hadn't really looked at was who we were selling the product to who we were actually marketing, it, marketing to within this industry. Because obviously, as I'm sure anyone can comprehend, the cosmetic space is quite possibly one of the greatest, in, big, largest uh, niches industries on the planet, right? Full of massive, massive corporations and brands. Well, and um, you, you single-handedly contributed massive revenue to that industry during your burlesque years. I still do. I, still, <laughs> I, can't, I can't find all the subscriptions. They're still flooding in like crazy. <laughs> Every day is like Christmas at my house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lipstick here, a little bit of eyeshadow there. <laughs> when was I into this shade? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we, that was one of the big experiments we did. We said, well, hang on. Is this a messaging thing? Are we, are we trying to sell this product to the wrong people? It's nothing wrong with the product. Maybe it's just who we're trying to sell it to. And uh, so that's what we started experimenting with first. Instead of just staying in our lane, it was like, okay, well, let's break out of what we think 
and let's instead listen to what's actually happening. Because I think that was the big mistake is we led with our own, what's the, what's the word? Like preconceived ideas, like yeah. I don't know what the right terminology is there, but we'd led this whole thing of what we thought was right. You know, and so we went with what we thought were right. And we hung on to that for far too long, in all honesty. And I don't know if that's an ego thing or just a bit naive or maybe just a bit clueless as to what we were doing. Well, I uh, think that I think that happens. I think that happens a lot. And this is one of the reasons that I want to talk about this whole concept of experimentation. Right. Is because when we like. If, if you never have an idea for, you know, an opportunity or how to improve something. You, like nothing is ever going to happen, right? Mm. There needs the right. the idea is the seed of whatever's going to grow. Yes. But the, the thing that the thing where we get tripped up, and I and I and I'm hearing what you're saying here as well, is that we hang on to that idea because we we believe that that idea mm. is the thing. When sometimes, and actually, I'd say most of the time, yeah, that idea moves us in the in a direction but if we're not we're not recognizing that it's it's a combination of our idea and the feedback we're getting from the market and and yeah. using that to adjust and shape and mold and inform our idea then we're just moving forward with an idea like this direction and the market kind of wants us to go this direction right right yeah very true yeah and 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 this is where you know, if you're going to be quick on your feet and you're going to make real results happen in a short period of time, there's no reason to dig in your heels and say, right. well, you know, that's not my idea. <laughs> right. Right. And you're like, well, maybe I don't need to worry about my idea. My right. idea got me into the conversation. <laughs> my bright idea got me into this mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had I had a mentor once who he said all of my problems started out as a good idea. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so true. And it's uh it's absolutely one of my favorite things he ever said. Um but so so how did you guys eventually decide okay, enough with the the purest form of my idea? How can we almost dance hmm. with, between our idea and the market and like navigate and and be the the shepherd of the idea instead of like the dictator of the idea? Yeah, well, we had um I would say we were kind of looking back, hindsight being a wonderful thing. I think we were actually in a good position to experiment because I think we're like I'm gonna compare now a couple of different situations throughout my my business life. And I think looking at two scenarios, we didn't really have any danger in experimenting at that stage because nothing we were doing was really working. Right. You know, so you kind of, <laughs> I think a lot of times we get scared to try new things or experiment or pivot because of fear of loss of what we're doing. Um, but a lot of times we're hanging on to something that's not even working anyway. So it's, yeah. it, you've got to almost shift because it's like, well, what is the real risk here? You know, what you have already isn't working. The other option is give up on it and walk away. So what have I got to lose by trying something we've not tried yet? Mm. And that's, that was kind of our approach here. And where, uh, you know, our, our realization was more in that we'd ignored the obvious that was staring us right in the face. 
you know, so just briefly to give some context so everybody understands, um, we're selling sort of makeup brushes and cosmetics products to women currently just in the UK. Now, the reason my wife has always been rather passionate about, you know, makeup and how to use makeup effectively is because she suffers with certain skin conditions that include acne and various other things. So she kind of learned that for herself in her teenage years, many years ago, to get over her own, you know, doubts and fears and things she was facing her own you know sort of feelings around that but oddly what we didn't connect when we decided to go this path of starting this company we forgot why she got into this in the first place why is she passionate about helping others with that and all instead all we'd done is said well we've got these great brushes we've developed let's sell them to other women so where where we were kind of falling short were we were just competing with every other cosmetics business on the planet it's like oh you sell makeup brushes so do we right and we we um I, and, that, I and of, that and that would commoditize exactly what you guys are doing and it's like oh then you're you know you're in a sea of the same well it's it's funny you say this so so here's a here's a funny thing my wife and i were sitting having a laugh about this only a few days ago we were thinking about the different stages that we've gone through since this uh since that time that i'm talking about doing this pivot Going into the commodity side of things that you said, one of the things we realized and remembered the other day, we used to not only give the brushes away for free as a free plus shipping style offer, but the shipping we were charging was actually less than the shipping we were paying. <laughs> right. So we were selling these brushes that ultimately were like $20, $25 brushes for like two bucks. And we were still struggling. <laughs> right. Right. So like we were competing with everyone else. So our way was to race to the bottom. Let's sell the best product at the dirt cheap price to the point where I don't even think we're making money anymore. We're just giving away free stuff because we're nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were You're just... almost like the almost like the Robin Hood of brushes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which ironically, my wife's name's Robin. So And you also live in Nottingham. Right. We always joke about this. I should change my surname to Hood prior to getting married, and she would have been Robin Hood. <laughs> right. Yeah. In addition to so, being stuck with you, that would have been a great move for her. That's rather unfortunate for anyone. Yeah, in a definitely. Position. <laughs> yeah. So, so ultimately, you know, the conclusion on that side of things was was like, okay, well, let's let's experiment here. Let's try repositioning what we're doing. You know, it's not working. The pricing's not there. The profit's not there. The customers aren't there. Let's make a complete change here. Let's take the same product and try and selling this to people we truly connect with and can connect with, you know, my wife, you know, is the face of the business as such. And let's see if we have better success that way. And just changing by experimenting with who we're marketing to, you know, same product ultimately, but changing who we're marketing to and how we're marketing to them. Um, that was a massive pivotal turning point to the point where, you know, within just a period of months, you know, it's now hundreds of customers a day. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, here's, so just to sort of um, add another way of thinking about this, sure. es especially in the beginning of something, or, you know, let's say you've got an existing business, but you're trying to launch a new product or a new revenue stream or something, right? Or, or maybe it is a new business or whatever, mm. you know, because a lot of people have had to find ways to reinvent this right. year. And I think what's what's really important, I learned this uh, from a guy named Clayton Christensen, who did a tremendous amount of work in terms of like st business strategy and things like that. And one of the things that that I learned is that 
there's a time where you need to be opportunistic and see what the market is uh, sort of requesting of you and yeah. and make adjustments and everything. And during that time, you're tr you're trying to see what works, right? You're trying to figure out like, well, what is the thing that we're eventually going to be able to double down on? But you right. don't know that yet. Yeah. And, and so there's this concept of, you know, trying to figure out your strategy by seeing what emerges from mm. what's happening, right? And and then there's another strategy that's more deliberate once you know what's working and you know what, oh, wow, we're really making uh, a strong connection with our customers because they relate to Robin or, you know, this product is really selling because it meets this need. Then that's when you become more deliberate right. in your approach. And I think what happens a lot of times in the beginning is that people take this deliberate strategy and they're like, I have a deliberate strategy, right? And <laughs> and then they just try and force it on the world. Yeah. And so there there's a lot of uh there's a lot of value in knowing the difference mm. between the opportunistic strategy, when to employ the opportunistic strategy and when to employ the deliberate strategy. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that exactly. Um and I think I think like you know, just looking at that situation, I think, and this 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 has come through on some of our recent guests, hasn't it? Which is why this, this kind of rolls into it nicely. Is what my my biggest error I would say back then is not 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 responding fast enough to what was actually happening. Is almost clinging on with hope that something will change. You know, something will happen. Just keep going with this thing. And we hung on for far too long. You know, it was like we were trying to change this situation that wasn't working by keep trying to force it to work. And yeah. we hold on for that for a long time. And so I think, you know, speed is definitely an important factor in all this. Yeah. And and uh, and I think it was Brandon Poulin who said a couple of weeks ago on the show, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of having the right information yes. to make the decisions and the course corrections and the adjustments. And so if you're finding yourself, you know, in a situation where you're like, ah, like, I don't I don't know what to do next. A great way to look at it is to say, well, if I knew X, Y and Z then I would know what to do, right? And then go figure out X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Right? And and so that you're not just... Because I think there's there's the possibility that we waste a tremendous amount of time wondering, like, is this going to happen or is something going to transpire from this? Instead of looking at the situation and saying, what sort of experiment could I create to help me get the information that I need to mm. to make a decision to do this this or this. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's a lot of times what we do, isn't it? You you hang on to things because you don't have that information. Right. You, know, you can't you feel like you can't change because what what can you change? Like you don't know. You've not got the the intel that you need to make that right move. Right, exactly. So then so then that's like kind of brings us full circle on this approach of experimentation, especially when the stakes are high. We're here at the end of the year you know, trying to make the biggest impact that we can. And, and even if you don't hit all of your business goals, it would be awesome if you got the information that you needed to have a stronger strategy. Yeah. Right. That's, that's still progress. Yeah. Like progress is still like, okay, we're going to be able to, we have confidence now that we can double down and go in this direction as opposed to just staying where we are or yeah. that, or that this new idea or this, this new twist on an approach that we already had is going to work. And so the question becomes, 
how do you design an experiment and think about it in an experimental way so that you're not attached to the outcome what you're what you're seeking is the right level of information to help you make a more informed decision on what way you should move forward in the future yeah, no, I think it's a great question. I, I, um, you know, one of the things I don't know if you want to call this a cheat or what, but these days, because now we have an audience, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there, there, there'll be different ways of approaching the same, same approach. If you're kind of really just starting out and don't have an audience, but just to come at it from this angle, I don't like to make assumptions or just try and pioneer stuff too much these days, because you know, I think one of the one of the things I always have noticed is it's the times where going back to what we were just speaking about. When we think we've got a good idea, you have to run with it for a period of time to see if it, there's anything to what you've thought of. Yeah, yeah. Now, the the opposite way of reversing that around is for you not to try and come up with the idea, but instead ask the audience or the market what they already want from you. Right. You know, because I'll bet, you know, no matter what business you're in, if you've got an audience and you've got customers that maybe watch you, listen to you, follow you or buy from you already throughout the course of a year, there's probably certain things that those people who like what you're about, they're probably already asking questions in their own mind, such as, oh, you know what? I've been following James for ages. I really wish he'd go into that subject there that you mentioned in that presentation just a bit more so I could really hone in on that. Now, you might not realize that that's a significant thing, but guess what? There's a thousand of your 10,000 customers all thinking the same question. So what's the easy way for me to start experimenting is not to sit there and try and think, wonder what my customers might want is instead to go to the customers and say, look, what do you want? How could I best serve you in this final quarter of the year to basically do X, Y, Z, depending yeah. on what type of business you have? You know, and I'm, I'm sure for most businesses, you could apply that in some way. But to go out to your market or your existing customer base or audience that's there and to ask that question, you're probably going to shorten the, the cycle of experimentation down anyway. Because yeah. they're going to feed that to you. And if there's enough feedback on a particular area or product or subject matter or something within your business, now all of a sudden it's not so much of a test. It's more of a supplying the demand that already exists. What, do you, what, yeah. what would you say to that? I would, I would totally agree with that. And I think that you know, some of this that we're talking about here, you know, we're bringing up today in the context of the fourth quarter of this year. But this is good practice to be doing on a regular basis. Right. Right. And I think the I think the shift that we're trying to uh, sort of uncover here is that if this isn't part of the way that you are running your business and you're thinking about your products and your services and your customers, it really needs to be. And there's no better time to start than right now. So mm -hmm. that in the fourth quarter, you're not just getting more of the same. You're either getting more intelligence to make better decisions or you're using the intelligence that you've gotten and navigating to get better results on the bottom yeah. line, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And because here's the thing. In fact, I'll give you a real life example because a lot of times we're, we're also sometimes thinking of something being grander or bigger or a larger project for these experiments. So I'll, I'll tell you something that, that's recently happened with us. So we've obviously got our existing products within the cosmetics uh, business. Now, an area that we haven't done a lot yet with, ironically, is the packaging of those things. Mm. So it's actually becoming quite a big focus. Now, the reason it's becoming quite a big focus is because upon listening to feedback and listening to our existing audience, 
one of the big, massive pieces of feedback that we're getting in quarter four or going into quarter four is, I wish your products would make better gifts. Oh, interesting. So all of a sudden we're thinking, oh, hang on a minute. We haven't really massively focused on that because we're just thinking we're, we're a direct to consumer brand. We're just selling to the person that's going to use it. Well, actually we're not exi exactly right because our existing customers buying this product love the thing and now want to gift it to others, but it doesn't arrive in a manner that really looks like it's going to be a gift. Mm. It comes in just like, you know, our brushes are just in this clear plastic thing just to protect them. I thought you hand delivered everything on your horse. That's what well, you had told me before. I try, but the chafing after about a hundred orders a day, it kind <laughs> of uh, really starts wearing thin on the old thighs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I think, um, I think this sort of leads into the second point that, that we talked about, uh, for this overall topic. And, you know, there's, there's the idea of experimenting constantly, but that goes hand in hand with cons with maintaining a relentless solution focus. Yes. Yeah, this has been a, uh, quite a big topic again, hasn't it? On the last few shows, like, you can see this clear, message coming through some of the recent people we've had on so it's it's a it's a massive factor yeah it's absolutely it's like okay well that didn't work what like i you know i got to keep going like that didn't work what else will work that didn't work and um and i uh and, and i have a, a funny story about this recently so we were as you know on lake powell which is a you know big lake and no cell service or on a houseboat for like a couple one of, of my best chances of the year yeah <laughs> i know i know next next time <laughs> and, and so we're out there for a week and we had an invitation to extend and stay another week, but we had carpooled to the lake with some friends who were in Salt Lake city and they were, you know, obviously it's hours away. And so the only way that we were going to be able to stay is if I found a rental car so that after the second week we could drive back to where we had our car uh, parked at our friend's house. And there's no cell service the whole time. So we're, you know, coming in on this houseboat from, you know, being out in this Canyon for a week. And the second I get cell service, I'm, you know, trying to figure out, all right, how am I going to get a rental car? Right. And which doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal, <laughs> but it turns out in this small town in page, Arizona, which is where you go to get on the houseboat. Right. There's one rental car company, Avis, and there's one small airport, which is where Avis is. And on Sunday, when we were coming in, the Avis rental car counter is only open from 6.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. <laughs> what? Okay. So it's... <laughs> they it's really revived that strategy. <laughs> literally, they're open for 15 minutes. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, all right, well, no worries. I'm going to call their corporate and see if they can hold a car for me for later that day or the next day. Get on the phone with, you know, one of their agencies like, "Oh no, no, sorry, we don't, you know, we don't have any cars." I was like, "Well, what about tomorrow?" "Nope. Next day." "Nope. Next day." "Nope. The entire week, no cars." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like what a disaster." So I call a couple other car companies and like, "Oh yeah, we don't we don't have any locations within hundreds of miles." And here I am thinking, do you mean to tell me like I can't get a rental car? <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened this year, but it's still 2020. It's like night. It's not 1920. <laughs> and and so so then I was like, okay, 
well, let me see, let me see about another way of doing it. And a friend of mine was like, well, you could charter a plane. And so I was like, all right, well, let me call and find out what that costs. And I called them and they were like, all right, we'll send you an email with a quote. Send so me an email. Now, most mere mortals have already said this isn't going to happen. This yeah. is not this is not happening. <laughs> oh, no question. Most people would have gotten on their phone and gone to the page and it would have said, no rental cars available. And they said, oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Sorry. We tried. <laughs> right. So I'm I'm not even halfway through pushing through this, right? And so I I call about chartering a plane and they get back to me and it was like astronomical. I was like, oh, it's not like it it's not worth that amount of money to stay sure. the extra week. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to charter a plane. And then um, you know, we're packed, we're all packed up, bringing our stuff. They take you on the, all these little these little golf carts up to the parking lot from down by the marina. And we got all the stuff in the car. We're packing up the car that we came with our friends. And the kids are in there and Yada's in there and everything. And um, and we realized we forgot something down at the boat. And I was like, all right, I'll go down at the boat. So now I'm in this golf cart going back down and I have this idea. And I was like, no, it's a crazy idea. I was like, well, what have I got to lose? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I call my cousin and my cousin is somebody who, uh, kind of is part of this network that ferries cars from one point to another for, you know, various right. reasons for companies and stuff like that. I don't really know exactly how it all works. I just know she drives cars from right. one place to another. <laughs> and so I called her up and I said, Hey, she's a thief. She, she, she hijacks cars. That's yeah. All right, fine. She's a carjacker, <laughs> but whatever. She's a lovely person and we're not going to hold that against her. And, and so, um, so I call her up. I haven't talked to her in like eight months and I said, Hey, uh, and she's like, Oh, Hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. Listen, I don't have time for that. <laughs> like what I, what I have to ask you is, do you know anybody who could get a car here to page Arizona? And she's like, Oh man, like when would you need it? And I was like, tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I know, I don't think I could do anything on that short of time. And I was like, all right, well, do you know anybody who might like be willing to drive, you know, or figure something out? And she's like, Oh, I'll, you know, I don't, I don't really think so. And then she goes, well, I might be willing to drive a car there for you. I was like, really? And she lives in Southern California, like, you know, far away. Right. <laughs> and so now I'm on the phone with her. Like I can barely hear her because the golf cart's so loud. The whole thing. Get the thing we left out at the houseboat. I'm on my way back up. And she's like, all right, well, she's like, well, can I let you know in a couple hours whether I can do this for you? And I said, really? I need you to let me know in 15 minutes because my friends are leaving back yeah. to their house and I need to know, do I get in their car and go with them or do I stay here? Right. And at this point, everybody else is like, there's no way we're staying an extra week. Everybody's given up on this. Yeah. And, and she's like, all right, I'll let you know in 15 minutes. Calls me back in 10 minutes. And she's like, all right, I can make it happen. I was like, really? She's right. like, yeah, I'll fly from Southern California to somewhere else, rent a car, drive it to you, pick you up, drive to Salt Lake, and then fly back. And so I go to everybody in the car and I was like, guess what? We're staying the extra week. <laughs> right and so i i i share this story because that is what i consider relentless solution focus yes right and this was you know this was a situation of yeah we just we had a great time the first week we wanted to stay a second week it wasn't you know my you know about my business or about this or that it was just like i want to have a little bit more fun and 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 i think that this concept of being relentlessly solution focused is, is so lost on mm -hmm. so many people.
right? So many people hit a dead end or what they think is a dead end and they don't just go around it or ask another question or find another way. And, and I think it's such an important thing to, to practice and, and it goes hand in hand mm. with this concept of experimentation, right? Yeah. We're like, okay, I tried that. It didn't work. I tried that. It didn't work. I tried that. It didn't work. And, and, you know, it's a, it's the old quote from Thomas Edison. He's like, you know, it took him 10,000 tries to figure out what kind of filament to put in the light bulb. And people are like, well, like, how'd you deal with all that failure? And he's like, well, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just found 10,000 things that didn't work. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's relentless solution focus. And I think if you're going to really dominate the fourth quarter in anything that you do, you have to have an attitude and a mindset of relentless solution focus. Otherwise, you're going to knock yourself out of the game the first obstacle you encounter. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, and I think I think depending on what people have, especially this year, you know, let's make it topical to this year. Like I think a lot of people have ultimately gone through tough times this year in business. Some businesses have been devastated by what's going on, and I know some businesses have thrived. I've been very fortunate in that respect. But I think I think it's uh, I think one of the tougher things to do is to remain solutioned focused when everything feels like it doesn't work. You know, because at some point, you know, and it depends how resilient you are. You know, some people's resilience only requires one small knock and they run the other way. You know, and what you're just demonstrating there and what you're talking about was it was like these constant hurdles like, nope, nope, nope. And you're like, well, I'm still jumping because there's more to go. You know, and I think a lot of times people hit that first hurdle and that's it. They want to run back and, you know, cry about the pain of hitting that thing. You know, and I think anybody in business has to adopt that resilience. They have to become solution focused because until you do, in my experience, because I didn't used to be this way, you know, this is, it's been quite hard work for me to adopt that mindset in my head because, and one of the things I can look back on when I didn't have that is that when you're the type of person that is not solution focused, you're, you're ultimately then focusing more on the problem and the fact that you're Absolutely. defeated. You can't, you can't look down the middle. You're either no. going to seek a solution or you're focusing on the problem. And whilst you're focusing yeah. only on the problem and not what the answer could be, the solution for that, you're never probably going to move forwards. And you'll always find, at least this is what I've always, I used to do. It may not be fair to say this is what everyone would do, but I used to then almost justify why that thing's not going to work before I'd even try it. Right. Because now I'm so obsessed on this being such a big overbearing problem that I've already now decided. It's like all of a sudden you become the best future teller in the world. I've already predicted my ultimate failure that hasn't happened <laughs> yeah. yet. So there's no yeah. point trying. Yeah. You know I and mean? I think that's where I see a lot of people go wrong. And it comes not not often because that's how just people are. I think a lot of times when you've taken so many knocks, and this might be so applicable to this year to people, is almost just to lay down in this final quarter and admit that this year just wasn't your year. Like, oh, what's the point? I'll give it a real go in January. You know, this year is just not my year. I might as well write it off now. I've heard people say that, you know, let's write this year off and we'll start a new in January. Well, it doesn't have to go that way, right? You folks. Well, and and who's to say who's to say what's going to happen in January? Right. Right. Like True. we like we yeah. oh January sudden like all this you know shit hits the fan the whole year, but come January first, like everything's going to be perfect again. <laughs> the world makes a New Year's resolution. I shall not. I shall not depart COVID upon thy world today. <laughs> yeah. Like who knows what's going to happen? Like none of us right. know what's going to happen. And and I think for me, I get a little fired up. Because it's like, okay, you know, this, there's resistance here 
in accomplishing what you want and trying to create what you want and 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 get the results that are important to you fight back yeah you know fight back yeah definitely like, don't lay down like you lay down and you lose like the only time that you fail is when you stop getting up yeah it's true right? and, I feel like, and I feel like we should have the sound bite of rocky balboa just gently <laughs> serenading in the background here yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. But I think, you know, I think that's absolutely true that you need to you need to continue to stay focused on what is the solution. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're going to find the solution on your first try. Oh, you no, know, no, no. I I certainly, you know, in that story that I just shared, I, you know, I didn't right. I didn't find the solution on the first try. Yeah. And I didn't even know that I was going to find a solution, but I'll tell you what I did know. There was no way um there was no way that I was going to get into that car not having exhausted every single possibility that I could think of. Yeah. 100%. And that that's all, you know you know one of the things just speaking of the resilient factor and 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 that side of things. <laughs> no? There me. we go. Ah. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, I, I tell you something that used to shock me. I mean, obviously this hasn't been the case this year, but uh, when I was actively going to the gym, when that was a little better and easier than it is right now, I, I would always want to give up like quite soon. So, so I would use, I, I went through a period of going to the gym just on my own. And then I had a period of getting a personal trainer to hold me accountable. And the extra mile I could go, with the personal trainer there, like beating down on me to tell me it wasn't time to give up yet. Yeah. You know, and I think this is the same for us all. Like we have that extra gear. Like we are so as human beings, what we're capable of is just unfathomable. Really. It's insane. And I think a lot of times people don't realize how resilient they can be, how far they can push to keep finding that solution. I think if everyone can just forget about this idea of like, giving up and letting it go and all that kind of stuff and say, no, I'm going to keep going until I find the solution, unless there is no solution to be found. And but there always like is, said, there's always a solution, right? Exactly. I, I had a, a performance coach for a couple of years, guys, freaking awesome. His name's Jason Selk, written a couple great books. And one of the things that he said, he's like, there is always a solution, always. And, you know, it's, I, I, I firmly believe, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next thing that I want, I want to make sure we share with people, but I firmly believe that your lack of solution is not because of a lack of resources. It's because of a lack of resourcefulness. Yeah. Right. Like what can you do with what you have? Like that's the, that's the challenge at hand. And we must exercise that muscle in developing this solution focus. And like the last couple of guests that we've had, I think embody that solution focus in business. It's right. Like, Oh, that didn't work. No worries. What's going to work. That didn't work. Okay. What do we, what did we learn from that and what's going to work next? And so there's these two concepts of experimentation and solution focus, I think go hand in hand and it's, it's not, uh, you know, allowing yourself to think, Oh, there's something wrong or there's something wrong with me or whatever. It's like, no, like the world, you know, kicks everybody in the teeth. Yeah. 
And yeah, I it's... we said with Brandon and Kalen, didn't we? I, I think it was a great part of the show, actually, because I do think there's a, you know, a lot of times people would look at others that are, you know, at a higher level than where they are. And they think things went plain sailing for those people. It's like, oh, you had the right timing or you hit the right message or you were lucky or just something, something external took place here. And really, when you peel back the layers, like nobody's or t nobody I know has got where they are at a high level of success and had it easy. No. Like, in fact, the bigger the level of success, the more problems the people I know seem to be having. And I'm like, ah, oh, OK, so I'm doing OK where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody's got, you know, all these issues and challenges. And the only people who seem to have it easy are the pe are when you're scrolling pictures on Instagram, <laughs> right. which is all ridiculous anyway. It's like, I mean, you know, people want to share what they're doing, but people position like, oh, like, oh, this is just so effortless. I saw <laughs> I saw an article this morning that there's actually a studio in Los Angeles made to look like a private jet <laughs> so that influence Instagram influencers can go into this private jet studio oh, no. and take their picture and be like, Oh man, just relaxing after a rough day on my private jet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what if you think for one minute, like the facade that you see is real, like you need a reality check on that. There's a yeah. studio where people are pretending they can't even get themselves in a real private jet. Oh man. And they're here like, oh, this we made this warehouse. We put a couple of recliners in it and made it look like a private jet. Oh right? my God. So be careful, like be careful what you're letting shape and influence your version of reality. Cause a real version of reality is everybody's having challenges, everybody's having problems. And the people who are really satisfied and creating the results that they want are just the people who keep going. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So um, anyway, so the last last thing I want to talk about is, and and I don't and I want to like, I want to just say at this stage of the show, mindset and the things that we're talking about, which are, have direct applicability to your business, right? Like we could talk here and we could say, all right, in the Q in Q four, you need to like. You need to get your Facebook ad costs down and you need to do this and you need to do that, right? We could give you tactics like at that level, but nothing is going to impact your business more than controlling your focus and your mindset and knowing what to do with the time that you have available, right? And so experimenting, being relentlessly solution focused, because we can't possibly give you all of the right answers for every single thing that's going to come up in your business, but we right. can share with you how to look at those things so that you can figure out the right answers for yourself. And so going into this last, um, this last topic of managing priorities and keeping things simple. Oh gosh. The, the most complex thing of all. Yeah. <laughs> I say, we saved it for last. Right. <laughs> but, um, but, but I think we need to talk about this because undoubtedly you're going to have a whole bunch of things that you want to do. We all do, right? This this goes back to the whole thing we talked about earlier is that you have you had an idea. Right. And I I know nobody listening to this show has only had one idea. Right. Right? We like nobody. Books now. Yeah. <laughs> we just fill in with every new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like volumes and volumes and volumes of ideas. And so the question becomes, how do I pick? Right? How do I pick which idea I'm going to focus on? And so, uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear what what you have to say, and then I, and I want to share 
you know, some of my thoughts on that too, because I think this is a critical piece to really making the most of this fourth quarter is getting focused. And, and then if that doesn't work, figuring something else out, but not trying to do like too many things at once, because then you're not going to make any progress. And it's almost guaranteed that you won't. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, that's one of the easy mistakes to make. And and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, looking at myself with this once again, like I have been terrible in the past and not just an isolated once I'm talking about over many years being terrible at this, of trying to do too much within a period of time, you know, and I'll look at, uh, you know, you, you think you take one year. I mean, this year is obviously a bit extraordinary in that sense, but it goes by so fast. And I think sometimes in business, our ambition and our aspiration of what we think we can do within that short period of time, we're often left disappointed um, because we can't tip, at least this is my experience, like it's hard to get tons done in just that short period of time instead of looking over the longer term. So I, I would say like my experiences has been is to minimize the amount of things that you're doing and do them really, really well, do them really, really effectively. Um, and I, I, that's, that's kind of an approach we're, we're personally taking into this fourth quarter is like to take what we already know works and try and do it bigger and better than we have done before. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think that's awesome. And so I think as far as like some strategies for people to employ one double down on what, you know, works, right? Like you don't yeah. always have to invent something new. You don't always have to create something from scratch. You surely have an idea of what's been working, like the, the most reasonable way to increase the odds of getting something to work is just to double down and keep doing what's already working. Right. So I think that's, I think that's one important thing. The second important thing is that you need to know what's most important to you. Right. And then line up what you're doing against that. So for some people, it might be, you know, Hey, we need to get a certain amount of cash in a certain period of time. Right. Yeah. Well, then rule out everything else that doesn't give you the highest chances of success in getting that, you know, cash in a certain period of time. Other people, you know, you might be in a good cash position and be like, all right, you know what? I don't need to worry about that right now. What's important to me right now is that I get my concept out into the world and I start getting some feedback from the market, right? Then focus on that. Or maybe you're, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, just as an example, Facebook did very early on was they said, you know, they got investment capital, so they had a good cash position and they weren't worried about cash. So they said, well, we're not worried about that. What we need is more subscribers. Right. Yeah. Right. So they, so they like optimized everything towards getting more subscribers. And so I would say you need to get very, very clear on what is the thing that's most important for you right now. Yeah. You know, and, and is it getting more time back? Is it, is it, you know, sales are good, but you want to improve your profits? Is you want to get more sales? Like, do you need that cash tomorrow? Or are you okay to wait for a while and make some investments? And so knowing what your ultimate goal is, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not like ultimate goal, like, you know, in life, you know, like all that. I'm talking about like what your goal, like what do you want in the next three months? Yep. Right. And then take every idea that you have and line it up against that. Is this going to be the best way for me to get that? Or is this one? Is this one? Right? And make your ideas compete. Yes. Or what's going to help you get that thing that is most important to you at the end of the quarter. And that is how you should simplify 
understanding and managing your priorities so that you don't feel scattered and you can actually get some real results that are meaningful for you because who cares what everybody else thinks is a great result? What matters is what you need as a great result in your business right now and over the next couple of months. Yeah, I think that I think that's excellent advice. Because so what you're essentially talking about is look at the look at the outcome first, look at the end goal, and then we're going to reverse engineer to find the way to get there. Yeah, like you say, and everybody's everybody here listening and watching is different businesses, different situations. So just with that outline of advice, there is like okay, look at the fourth quarter. What's the outcome? What would be if December thirty first comes along and you say we did that and that's great? What is that great thing? What are you looking for? Is it like you said? extra, you know, an influx of customers. You don't really care about making profit in this fourth quarter. You want to get as many customers as you can and then take those into next year and do more with them there. Is it that, no, you don't want as many customers as you can. You want to make as much profit as you can, in which case, well, what's the profit that you want to make and how will you then get there once you know that outcome that you're looking for? I think that that reverse, you know, looking at it and looking at it then in reverse, I think that's that should really shine a light on what what is going to be the best path uh, for people. Yeah. Did you forget to pay your electric bill yeah, while we were talking? I think I've been sitting too still. It's motion detected. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have that problem because my hands are like moving all over the place. And so we, so we want to share with you guys three very high level uh, strategies to help shape your thinking, right? As you go into your, into your fourth quarter and you're planning what you're going to do and all those things, right? So we've got take an experimental approach with your ideas and your business and what you're doing to be relentlessly solution focused and don't stop until you get what you want. And number three, you know, maybe we should have started with this one, but be clear on what it is you want and use that as the yardstick to help you understand what priorities you should and should not be focusing on so that you don't scatter all of your efforts so that you can be not just solution focused, but focused while you're creating those solutions. Um, and I think we've got, I, I really meant to do this at another point in the show, um, but we've got a special announcement that uh, I don't even know how to get to it right now. <laughs> this is terrible. How embarrassing. Welcome to the most professional show on television. Yeah, right. All right. We might have to save the announcement until next time. Uh, it was the best oh, wait, thing. wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. We got an announcement that we want to share with you guys before we go. All right, you guys, we're interrupting this incredible episode to bring you a very important announcement. And that announcement is the new Just the Tips members area. What? what? <laughs> We've created a members area that has trainings right out of the gate from Dean and I on our best strategies to help you grow your business. And many of our guests that we've had on the show have offered to put some of their best stuff inside the members area to help you guys have access to all sorts of content that'll help you grow your marketing, grow your sales, make sure you're staying on top of your business and you can work on your business, not in your business, get more results in less time. I can't even, like the reason you don't even hear Dean right now is he's galloping around the studio on his horse from sheer excitement. Dean, can you please stop galloping for one second and tell our good natured listeners what's going on? Roll that horse. So, uh, so if I can slow this thing down, there's only one place you got to go to get all this good stuff, and that is jttshow.com. That's jttshow.com. It's all free, and I think you're going to love it. We will see you guys on the inside of the new Justin Tibbs members area, jttshow.com. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming.
All right. Well, there we go. A little bit of uh, a little bit of humor in our announcement. Make sure you guys pick out jttshow.com for our new members area. We uh, we look forward to seeing you on the inside. And that's a wrap for us today, you guys. Thank you for joining us. Crush it in the fourth quarter. We'll be back next week. We've got an awesome guest lined up for you. This is James P. Friel signing off with my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. We will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.